Great news. We're starting to get some conference preseason teams rolling in. But bad news. They've got 8 million players on them. Come on, Big Ten and Pac-12. We're not trying to hand out participation trophies. You are Locked On College Basketball, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, what's up? Welcome into the Locked On College Basketball Podcast, the only daily national college hoop show out there. I'm your host today, Isaac Shea, and I want to thank you so much for joining us to get your best college basketball content every single day. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. Today's uh, Empower Yourself, excuse me, when you purchase Jace Case, providing you with a personal supply of five antibiotics that treat 50 plus infections. Get yours today at jacemedical.com. Coming up on the show today, we're continuing in our conference preview series ahead of the season. We're doing all 32 Division I conferences today. We're looking at the Patriot League. And before we get to all of that, though, Great news. A lot of conferences are having their media days going on right now. We recently uh, have had Pac-12 and Big Ten. Um, And so what's cool is both of these conferences have announced their preseason teams. But I got an axe to grind. I've got something that really grinds my gears. (laughs) All of those phrases. What is that? Is that from Family Guy? I think that's from Family Guy, right? Yes. Peter Griffin. There you go. Um. But here's the thing. The Pac-12 announces their preseason teams. They announced two of them. But the first team has 10 players on it. And the second team has five players on it. You know, Pac-12, I don't know if you know about division, but 15 divided by five players on the court equals three. I think that'd be a lot cleaner. Just make, if you're going to have 15 dudes... Just make three teams. I don't know why this bothers me so much. I've just always thought it's super silly to have these teams, and then they have more than the five players that can play on them. Whatever. Anyway, here we go. Here's your first team all Pac-12 preseason. Again, there's 10 guys on this list. I'm going to give it to you as they gave it in their press release alphabetically. Umar Balo, Arizona. Adembona, UCLA. Keon Brooks, Washington. Brandon Carlson, Utah, Isaiah Collier, Collier, excuse me, the number one freshman in America at USC, Infale Dante at Oregon, Tristan De Silva at Colorado, Boogie Ellis at USC, Spencer Jones at Stanford, and another Colorado player, KJ Simpson. You see a lot of Buffaloes on this list, along with two USC backcourt players as well. So uh, a lot of intriguing stuff there. As for the second team, Fardaz Amak, who's transferred uh, to Cal, uh, one of the leading rebounders in the nation, should be really interesting there. Kylan Boswell at Arizona, Kobe Johnson at USC. That's a third Trojan on these first two teams. Caleb Love, at who's transferred to Arizona from North Carolina. So that Arizona backcourt, well represented here on this second team. And then Jordan Pope at Oregon State. So those are your 15 guys. I was kind of laughing because the Pac-12 in their release with this, also put out some notes. One of them said this. Five first-team selections from last year coming back, the most since 2007-8-8 for the conference. Well, yeah. If you've only got five first-teamers, it's super impressive to have five of them coming back. But when you put 10 on there, it's not all that impressive, right? 
like that's like having two or three of your first teamers coming back if you have a normal five team or five player first team. So, okay, Pac-12, that's great. Anyway, this team is, I think is a great representation of what this conference will be this year. I'm sure we could nitpick, but preseason vote, um, this seems to make a ton of sense. Obviously, it's going to look a lot different. Or maybe not a lot different, but it will look different at season's end, and we'll wait to see what that is as the season begins to unfold. Well, as I said, we also got the Big Ten preseason team, and and I guess I can appreciate this. They didn't call it the first team and then have a second team with five guys on it. They just called it the Big Ten preseason team, and there's 10 players on it again, which, come on, but I guess I can live with it a little more since there's not the strange math. So here are the 10 players four of whom are unanimous selections. You should see if you can get who they are. You probably can't. I'm going to guess you'd get at least at least three of these. Maybe all four if you're a um, pretty loyal Big Ten person. Number one, returning National Player of the Year, Zach Eady, um, also voted as the conference preseason player of the year. This was unanimous. Next, Terrence Shannon, returning to Illinois, unanimous decision. Jameer Young from Maryland, a unanimous decision. And Boo Booey. Coming back to Northwestern, a unanimous decision. I forget who it was, but somebody in the YouTube comments from our uh, our Big Ten conference preview was like, I feel like Boo Booey is haunting the dreams of whatever fan base it was. I wish I could remember. I was dying laughing reading that. Anyway, the other six players on this list, Julian Reese, also at Maryland, Dawson Garcia from Minnesota, AJ Hogard, and Tyson Walker from Michigan State. Kasai Tominaga, excuse me, from Nebraska, and Cliff Omarui from Rutgers. And so, again, another good representation. I don't have much quibbles with this other than it's bloated. Pair this down to five people. Come on, man. Or give us 10 and a first and second team. That's what we're looking at. Two other quick things I want to hit on. Forgive me, taking a lot of water breaks today. My throat is struggling. I apologize. Um, Jawan Howard, you might remember that Michigan's head coach had heart surgery back on September 15th. Um, it was a surgery to fix an aortic aneurysm and repair his aortic valve, not stuff you want to mess around with, with your ticker, man. And so, um, our, obviously our, our thoughts are with, um, coach Howard and, and his family as he continues to recover. But uh, I bring it up because at, at media days, um, some of the coaching staff from Michigan was just talking about that there's currently really no specific timetable for Coach Howard to return. The doctors initially said four to six weeks, which, you know, we're about a, a month out of that September 15th, so around three to four weeks. Um, but the school is not, I, I really appreciate this from Michigan, not putting any pressure on him to get back. I'm sure he's putting pressure on himself to get back, working like a dog to get back out there. I mean, you remember um, Bill Self last year, had that episode and never made it back to the NCAA tournament. And, and we thought that he might, but it just kept getting delayed. And, and I, again, I think that was wise for his long-term health. Um, this is a very stressful job and environment for these men and no reason to make it worse. Also, uh, one of the good things for Michigan is that you got Phil Martelli on the sideline as well with all of his wealth of head coaching experience. So uh, that is a nice thing and one of in my opinion the highest level assistant coaches in the country in terms of somebody who himself has a great head coaching experience so again continued thoughts and prayers to the howard family as they surround juan in, in his recovery and uh, hope to see him back on the sideline soon one other 
quick note for you is Villanova's recruiting in the class of 2024 has been wild lately. Back on September 28th, so, you know, like two weeks ago, basically, Kyle Neptune had zero 2024 commits. And now, as I record this on Tuesday, October 10th, he's got three. So in the span of, what, 12 days, has gotten landed three commits from September 29th to October 8th. Um, and so Josiah Mosley is the most recent uh, addition, the one that committed on Sunday is a 6'6 power forward. And then the other two guys that are part of this class now are Matthew Hodge, a 6'8 power forward, and Malcolm Thomas, a 6'8 center. Now, what's interesting about all three of these players is none of them is like high-level McDonald's All-American five-star type player, but they are pretty typical like Villanova bring in develop you you're going to be here two or three years and then you're going to be awesome and so I I don't expect to hear much from really any of these guys in in 2024-25 season but you just watch 25-26 maybe 26-27 I bet at least two of these three guys will be absolutely popping all right it's time to get to our Patriot League conference preview lots of fun to get to do these conference previews let you know about the young men that play on these teams the coaches for some of you you might be checking into this because you are a patriot league watcher and if so thank you you might uh you know you you know all this already but a lot of this is for the people that might not be familiar with the patriot league to get this primer to make sure you know what you're looking for when you watch uh colgate just absolutely boat race everyone again we're going to get into that conversation in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by Jace Medical. I don't know about you, but life is so stinking busy and it's hard for me to find time to go to the doctor, have an appointment, get the prescriptions, the antibiotics that I need. And I think that everyone should be empowered to care for themselves and their loved ones during unexpected moments of life. That's why Jace Medical offers the Jace case, which provides five life-saving antibiotics for emergency use and gives you peace of mind so that you're not just hoping that you have access to medication in an emergency. Jace Medical makes sure you have the medication in hand, and it's simple. Jace Medical handles everything from the online evaluation to licensed pharmacy medication delivery and ongoing consultation and care. Don't get caught unprepared. Be part of this great thing that they've got going on. Get $20 off on these life-saving antibiotics today from Jace Medical by using code LOCKEDON at checkout on jacemedical.com. That's J-A-S-E medical.com. Doctor created, doctor recommended. That's Jace Medical. I want to remind you that coming up on Friday is Locked On College Football Kickoff Live, where they get you ready for all of this week's college football action. It will be 11 a.m. till noon Eastern, again, live on every Locked On College YouTube channel. Make sure you check it out. All right, we're talking Patriot League here today on Locked On College Basketball. I want to get you ready first with our major storylines. And uh, it, again, as I talked about just a little bit ago, these previews, these primers are, are often not necessarily for the Patriot League, like I'm all in kind of person. These, I mean, it's not not for them, but it's really for people who might not be too terribly familiar with the Patriot League that needs to know the names and the players and the coaches and the storylines. And so that's why you're hopefully here. So with that in mind, let me give you the 10 teams that currently make up the Patriot League. That is American, Army, Boston University, 
Bucknell, Colgate, Holy Cross, Lafayette. I'm taking this horse by the reins every time I see Lafayette. I, that's all I can think about is the Hamilton rap. Uh, Guns and Ships, that's what it's called. Uh, and then the final three, Lehigh, Loyola, Maryland, not Loyola, Illinois, Chicago. And then wrapping it up, Navy. Interestingly, I, I'm such a grammar nerd. Things like this are cool to me. There's these 10 teams. None of them are deeper in the alphabet than N. Navy is the last team in this conference alphabetically. Isn't that weird? Yeah, I think so. Anyway, a couple major storylines. One of them is which is coaching turnover. The AAC and the Patriot League are the two of the 32 conferences in Division I that have the most coaching turnover, just in terms of, in terms of sheer number. And that's five. Five brand new head coaches in the Patriot League. The difference here, as opposed to the AAC, is that that's literally half the conference. Let me give you those changes in the coaching carousel. American, Dwayne Simpkins, comes over from George Mason, where he was an assistant Army. Kevin Kuick, who'd spent one year at Butler as an assistant. Um, Davidson before that. Bucknell, John Griffin, who's been a St. Joe's assistant, is coming to take over at his alma mater. Always love to see those moments when they get to happen. Really cool for Coach Griffin, and hopefully it's a very successful experience. Holy Cross. Dave Paulson is actually coming back to the Patriot League. He's been most recently a Fordham assistant, but has a couple head coaching stops, including George Mason and that same Bucknell team that we just mentioned. And then finally, at Lafayette, Mike McGarvey is promoted from within. So there you have these five brand new head coaches this year, again, making up half the conference. That's clearly a major storyline ahead of this season. I think I saw somebody joke about, I can't remember who this was or where it was. Forgive me for not remembering if you are listening, whoever wrote or said this, but basically the joke was that they got to wear name tags at like when they have conference meetings, because half the coaches are new and they don't know each other. So wild stuff. There, although I guess with Coach Paulson coming back in, at least there's some familiarity there, so that helps a little bit. Second major storyline for me, Colgate has been absolutely dominating this conference in the 2020s. So we move, you know, thinking about it. Four of the five tournaments in the 2020s have been won um, by Colgate, including the last three straight. So they won in 19. So I guess that's technically before the 2020s, but you get it. Um, the 2019 season and then 21, 22, 23. So that means four out of five and again, three in a row. They've also won four of the last five regular season champions championships, including two straight. So it's not quite the same four years as their tournament championships. 2019, they shared it with Bucknell. But 2020, they won it outright. 2022, they won it outright. And 2023, they won it outright. And here's the thing. I'm just telling you now, all the writing on the wall tells me that Colgate is running away with this thing again. However, in terms of looking at this, if there's going to be a challenge, the final major storyline I want to hit on is that if there will be one, to me, that's going to come from Lehigh because their backcourt to me is the best backcourt in the conference. You got Keith Higgins and Tyler Whitney, Sydney coming back. And this backcourt, again, to me is the best one in the conference, and it's electric. And as you well know, a backcourt can be game-changing. Guards make the world go round in college basketball, particularly once we get to tournament time, and that's what we're talking about. Who was a team that could challenge Colgate in the conference tournament? Keep your eyes on Lehigh. And this backcourt goes even further because it's not just 
um, Higgins. It's not just Whitney Sidney. You've got a couple freshmen coming in that I think could challenge for some playing time in this backcourt in this year, Whitlock and Josh Ingram. So watch out for those guys coming along. So looking back to last year, just a little remembrance of what happened last year in the Patriot League. Again, Colgate dominated this whole thing. They won the regular season. Navy and Lehigh were tied for second, but they were six games. Colgate was six games ahead of Navy and Lehigh. So when I say they dominated this conference, I mean, that is just an absolute blitzing from Colgate last year. And same thing, conference tournament, they obliterated obliterated everyone. I think their closest game was 17 points in the conference tournament last year and then took a 15 seed in the NCAA tournament where they played a, a Texas team that was really finding its stride, ended up losing by 20. As for um, the conference as a whole, they were 27th at Ken Palm last year. Again, there's only 32 Division I conferences. Not great. In fact, <clears throat> Patriot League in every year of Ken Palm's existence other than 2012-2013 has been outside the top 20 in terms of Division I conferences. So that's something they're looking to get back to, something they've only done once. Again, 2012-13 was the only season that the Patriot League was inside Ken Palm's top 20. And part of that is like, you look at last year, as good as Colgate is, they only ranked 115th at Ken Palm last year. The next Closest was the only other team in the top 200. That was Navy, who was 179th. On the flip side of that, you got three of your 10 schools that were outside the top 300 last year. Bucknell was 303. Loyola, Maryland was 325. And Holy Cross, 342. Remember, there's 363 teams in Division I last year. And as a reminder, that comes down to 362 this year. So we'll keep our eyes on that. Uh, I, I guess, honestly, this probably should have been in my major storylines because it feels like every other conference, we're talking about a ton of this, but here you go. Zero realignment afoot for the Patriot League right now. You got nothing that we're looking ahead to, you know, I mean, there might be rumblings eventually, but as of right now, there is no conference realignment. That is great, great news. We've already talked about the coaching carousel. Let me tell you some about the longest tenured coaches, the longest is Lehigh's Brett Reed, who's been there from two, uh, since 2007 and 2008 season. Um, and so that that's your longest tenured guy. Outside of that, you do have three other guys who have a decade or more at their school. Interestingly, all three of these came in to get, you know, the, we talked about five this year. There's three guys who came in together in the 2011-12 season. That was Navy's Ed DeCellis, Boston used Joe Jones, and Colgate's Matt Langle. And so... <clears throat> Uh, there, there is some good tenure, but interestingly, there's a lot of new blood as well. Now, what I want to do is take these teams and try to go about the process of putting them into some tiers ahead of this season. So you can kind of think about what teams they each are and where they go. You're probably going to have some pushback on it. And I would love to hear that if you're somebody that knows about a lot about the Patriot League, but I also want to give you my awards and conference championship predictions. All that coming up in just a second. But first, I need to tell you that this episode of Locked on College Basketball is brought to you by Prize Picks, which offers weekly promotions that can lead to big payouts like Taco Tuesday. Each Tuesday, Prize Picks discounts select player projections up to 25% to provide you even more value. And with the Prize Picks reboot policy, your entries stay in play even if one of your players gets injured. Excuse me. Prize Picks is the only daily fantasy sports platform with injury insurance. And seriously, this thing is so crazy easy to do, but it's a lot of fun. 
For example, you can just pick two or more players and then you have a given stat and you choose whether that stat is going to be over or under. Here's an example. I was cackling at this last weekend looking at the possibility of it. Patrick Mahomes, more or less than 155 and a half passing yards. I'm just going to give you this hint. You want the over on that every day in five times on Sunday. Um, so if you want to get in on that action, go to prizepicks.com slash locked on college. Also use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, that's prizepicks.com slash locked on college and use code locked on college for a first deposit match up to $100. That's ridiculous. Go get in on it. Prize picks daily fantasy sports made easy. All right, let's divide this Patriot League up into some tiers, shall we? There are 10 teams. I've utilized four tiers to break them up. Why so many tiers for just four teams? Well, because my number one tier only has one team in it, and that's Colgate. And and I hate to do that to the other schools, but, I mean, again, remember last year, they won this league by such a wide margin that, that I just can't in good conscience put anyone around them in the same tier until another team proves that they can be in that tier. And and part of this too is because it's not like Colgate did all that and the cupboards bare. Colgate gets back in my opinion three guys who are all all deserving of at least first team consideration. That's Ryan Moffitt, Keegan Records and Braden Smith. No not Purdue's Braden Smith, a different Braden Smith. And, and probably if you know anything about this Colgate team, Keegan Records is probably the name you know, maybe Braden Smith as well. But also, I, I want to make sure you know about Ryan Moffitt, who's just an absolute stud of a three-point shooter. 6'6 six, six guard. Um, but even though he's a stud of a three-point shooter, he has just about equal shot selection from two-point range as well. I always love to see that. But in his three-point shot attempts, um, the last two years, he's shot... 45.2% on three and a half attempts a game and 45.3% on 4.2 attempts per game. That is pretty darn consistent and is a great indication that it's repeatable and going to be who he is. There, There's not like, oh man, that one dude that shot 45% from three that one year. Now, nah. almost identical for the past two years in terms of percentage, but man, that uh, attempts per game jumped up uh, to 4.2. In those two years, he was a total of 119 for 263 from three. That's ridiculous. So if anything, my only concern is I want to see him shoot it more this year. If if you're going to be 45% on 4.2 attempts per game, I'd love to see you get up to six or seven attempts per game, even if that meant you only shot 40%. That's still well, well worth it when you think about things like effective field goal percentage. Absolutely go and do that. But by the way, Moffitt right now, third in Patriot League history in terms of three-point field goal percentage. So ridiculous stuff there. And again, this is why I have Colgate number one in my only tier, only team in tier one, because it's just ridiculous. But again, I mentioned, I think Lehigh could challenge. So Lehigh and American make up my second tier with Lehigh. Again, that that backcourt of Keith Higgins and Tyler Whitney Sydney is just tough and something different. But Lehigh returns four total starters and that means a lot. But American, right there, for my, in my opinion, with them in Tier 2, is also returning four starters, including Matt Rogers, who's an absolute stud. Tier 3, this is my most full conference. I've got Lafayette. Watch out. They've got several dudes, but one that's just fun to me is true seven-footer Justin Vanderbond. And honestly, 
I think he might be the best pro prospect in this conference. So make sure you get your eyes on him at Lafayette. The other three teams that I have in the third tier are Loyola, Holy Cross, and Navy. And then, you know, you always hate to put teams in the bottom tier, but it is what it is. As I, I said, if I'm challenging uh, Pac-12 and Big Ten not to have participation trophy all-conference teams, then I got to be okay putting some teams in my bottom tier. And those three teams are Army, Bucknell, and Boston U. Uh, Boston, man, I feel for them replacing so much, including their entire starting lineup, going to be a tough year. That said, let's get into the guys that I think are going to be really successful. Let me give you my first team, all Patriot League team. And yeah, it's only got five dudes on it. What up, Big Ten and Pac-12? The first. Um, So by the way, if, if you've not watched any of our conference previews, one of the things that I do is hold myself to only pick no no team can have more than one player on my first team. And so you know, if I was doing it truly I'd probably have like if I was voting for the Patriot League postseason awards, I wouldn't be surprised if I had two Colgate players and two Lehigh players on it honestly. But right now at no more than one player per team. So, my Colgate representative is Keegan Records, 6'10 forward, fifth year senior. 13 points a game last year, six boards, 1.3 assists, 1.3 blocks, 67.5% from the field, and 33.3% from three. I mean, it's just a phenomenal stat line as a 6'10 dude. Really, really impressive stuff. Also, Keith Higgins Jr. from Lehigh. We talked about him, part of that dynamic backcourt. And so he's the representative I choose for Lehigh. 6'4 guard, uh, a junior 14.7 points a game, 2.7 boards, 1.7 assists, 1.1 steals, and over 40% from three, 41.4%. Give me some Keith Higgins. Next on my list, Matt Rogers from American, 6'9 forward, a senior. Also, by the way, if who's American's mascot? The Eagles. One of my easiest ones to remember because American Eagle, right? Does that still exist? Is that still a store? I don't even know. Uh, 6.3 rebounds for Rogers, 1.8 assists. 60 or uh, 61.3% from the field. So again, very efficient from the floor, but also for over 40%, 40.8% from three great stuff there from Rogers. We got several stretch bigs on this list. Fourth on my all team first conference Patriot league is Dion Perry from Loyola five, eight guard. shout out to the short dudes. I'm like five eleven. never quite made it to six foot. Uh, Perry's a sophomore. He was part of the all freshman team. Last year, 11.4 points, 2.1 rebounds, two assists, one and a half steals, um, and 41.8% from three. So filling out that stat sheet, you love to see that, especially as a shorter guard. Great stuff there. And yet another player shooting over 40% from three. Finally, rounding out my first team All-Patriot League is another sophomore who was part of that fresh All-Freshman team last year is Will Batchelder uh, from Holy Cross, 6'1 guard, 12.3 12.3 points last year, two rebounds, 1.9 assists, and another 40, like higher than 40% three-point shooter. He shot 40.4% last year and made 88 as a freshman. Homie hit 88 threes. I I strongly, firmly would, would be shocked if he didn't make it to triple digits this year. Crazy stuff. So keep your eyes on all of these guys. My player of the year, got to be Keegan Records from Colgate, 6'10", fifth year guy. I think he's just going to have a massive year for who should be the best team 
by far in this conference. My freshman of the year, we talked about him earlier as part of that Lehigh backcourt. It's Nasir Whitlock. I think uh, he's going to kind of demand a playing time, but be able to back up that, that dynamic duo that will be starting. My transfer of the year, uh, got to give Boston U some love because, you know, they're trying to bring in all sorts of guys, is Ben Palacios. Uh, so watch out for that up in Boston. My coach of the year, Matt Langle, Colgate. I know, I know he wins this award a lot, but they're going for a four-peat in winning the conference tournament back to back to back to back years. Never been done in the Patriot League. Holy Cross also won three in a row. Uh, can't remember the years, but never been done four times in a row. You can't not give it to him if he does it. And no surprise here, but both my conference tournament champion and my regular season champion is Colgate. They're going dancing again. I would, this is one of those where I would be truly shocked if somebody else won either of these, like not far behind, like Gonzaga levels of shocked if, if they didn't win either the regular season or the conference tournament. All right, folks, that's it for our Patriot league preview. Thanks so much for tuning in to today's episode. You can follow the show on Twitter at locked on CBB. You can follow me at Isaac shade. Please make sure to subscribe to the show on audio and video format. Smash the like button if you're watching so we know you are here. We would love to hear your comments on the Patriot League and what you think it, how you think it will play out this year. As always, apologies to the lawyer family. Let's go Wildcats and until tomorrow. Peace.